Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Verderno. I've got Jihadi White joining me here in a couple minutes. We're going to be talking about just what the end of this season for the Wizards is going to look like. It seems like they've finally embraced at least the soft tank. People are now magically uh, sitting out games with soreness we heard nothing about previously, etc. So it's not the worst thing in the world. Again, I still feel a little guilty and conflicted about rooting for them to lose, but at this point in the season... I just don't see what the point is. So I prefer to look at it as I'm looking uh, for them to lose now so they can win next year. So it helps me rationalize the the rooting for losing. Again, this is a generational draft. Otherwise, I'd be sort of less on the, you know, tank as hard as you can bandwagon. But at this point, I hope they lose every game the rest of the way. They like locking in a top five draft pick in this draft would be insane or at least getting top five odds, which probably locks you in a top seven pick. Like that's huge. And and that's kind of what this team needs. So uh, we'll see what that plays out or we'll see how that plays out. Uh, just one of those things where, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to watch this team play the rest of the way. We'll get into it with Jihadi. Again, I hope the young guys play literally every single minute of these games. And I don't need to see KP play 35 minutes in a game and take 25 shots in the first quarter. I don't need to see Brad race to get the scoring record, which we'll also get into. So as always, we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas. Honestly, this is like joyous drinking occasions right now that they're that they're embracing the tank, so that's a good thing. We're also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season, everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any game or sport imaginable, BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, with that, let's bring in Jihadi and we'll just start breaking this thing down for you. Okay, pleased to welcome in Jihadi White. Jihadi, how's it going? Matt, my man with the plan, what's going on? We're almost to the end here. Like I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can see the finish line. Uh, we're, we're getting to that point. Since we last recorded, the Wizards lost 117 to 97 to Detroit, 117 to 94 against Cleveland, 132 to 118 to the Kings, 122 to 112 to the Magic, 118 to 104 to the Nuggets. Uh, so it's been a little bit of a rough patch uh, in our last week or so since we recorded. It seems like the team has finally thrown in the towel on the season. Guys are now magically missing games with soreness and sort of vague injuries and things like that. Uh, is this the right move to just sort of pack it in at this point? I hate to say it. So right now we're, yeah, after what? What, what four games? That's three out of four losses? Uh, five games, five out of four out of five losses? Yeah, pretty much. There, uh, it's it's been a little bit of a rough trend. Yeah, we here had uh, Cleveland, we had Sacramento, we had uh, Orlando, Denver, 
It was yeah. Atlanta. No, no. Um, D- Detroit. Yep. I, I've got it on, on my note sheet here somewhere, but they have lost. Yeah, so, I uh, mean. Eight, eight of ten, I think. Or I, no, they're two, two of their I, last ten are wins. I think that after that loss against Orlando. Yeah. They kind of made it official like a referee whistle, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that it's, it's just time, you know, even, even when we starting off well, and I think we started off against Orlando. Well, we started mm-hmm. off against Denver. Well, mm-hmm. and we just tank out after that, after that second half, you know, and guys, you know, main guys, what's good is you, at least now you get to see some of the other guys play and really see how they, how they can be in action in the full game, mm-hmm. um, which was good a little bit, you know, surprising with a lot some players, and you you see what some players really could bring if they had to, you know, had to push to bring it or had to to, to court time to bring it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I, right now guys are just saving their body, I think, you know, and just just mailing it in, and. I hate to say it, man, but you know, just now you have to look forward to next year, rebuild. I I keep saying this, but like I feel bad rooting for them to lose because I just not wired that way. But at this point, it's like you can't do anything if you win these games and losing these last couple, like it it means more to you next year about winning next year. So I'm like, I'm trying to look longer term, but it still just feels foreign to me to be like, yeah, just suck. Please suck as much as you can. I, I like effort. I got to see effort. Yeah, you sure. know, but play the young guys and let them give it. Play the young guys. Yeah. Really, really get a good assessment of the young guys that you really haven't gotten this year. It helps you make a better decision at the yeah. end of the year. Bingo. Right. Um, you kind of uh, either you know or don't know by now what you're going to do for the big, you know, for for mm. Kuzma and Pazingas. And you brought in uh, a few guys this year. You signed, a, you know, some small contracts with um, with uh, JG, mm-hmm. um, with Davis, yeah. and the Australian kid, yeah. Xavier, right? Xavier Cooks. Yeah. yeah, Xavier Cooks. So test those out. You know, test those out and see where you can build from there. You know, um, decide – how much time you can you really want to get Denny, you know, because you know he looked good in Orlando game and he didn't look bad in the he looked bad against Denver either. Yeah. Right? So which was surprising. Seemed like he got some confidence back, you know. So that's a made that's a decision you can decide, you know, how much will he be a factor for next year mm-hmm. or a non-factor. Either way, that's a decision you have to make. Um think you need to really evaluate what you want to do with Kisper as far as, and you, and to me, you should make the right decision in that, in that chance he needs to be, he needs to be pushed to the forefront, more active, active part of the defense. I mean, offense. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And let some guys heal. I don't need to see Porzingis come out against the Spurs tonight and have 20 first quarter points and then end up playing 35 minutes in this game. Like, and them, you know, barely beating the Spurs. Like, I would love to see 20 minutes for Jordan Goodwin. I would love to see 20 minutes of Johnny Davis. I would love to see 30 minutes of Gafford to 30 minutes of Kispert, 30 minutes of Denny. Like, let's, let's find out if you're not going to try to win these games. Let's, let's see to your point, if they can be 
capable of scaling up. Maybe with some rhythm and some minutes over the last 10 games, you get some momentum and it gives them confidence going into the offseason. I guess, right. Tony, for, for your perspective, can can just 10 minutes or, or sorry, 10 games worth of minutes give a guy enough confidence to like make a difference next year? Yeah, absolutely. 10 games here, 15, I mean, 10, 10 minutes here, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 20 minutes there. You know, it's it's about rhythm play. Yeah. Most players are rhythm players. Mm-hmm. And and basketball is 20% skill, you know, 80% confidence. Sure. And that builds the confidence. Most players don't play up to their ability just because they're not they're playing under pressure. They're pressured to do all the right things, pressure to perform, pressure to to produce, right? Pressure to make a impact so quickly that it's unnatural. It's an unnatural position to be in to play a game so naturally that you gotta that you make an impact naturally. Mm -hmm. Especially when nothing is created for you. Yep. Right. So and that's a unique position to be in. And it has to be a situation where they're saying, hey, we gotta give this guy opportunity. Right. And if every opportunity, you know, you mess up that one opportunity and they they take that opportunity away from you and then give it to you maybe another five games down the road, you just just never going to be in a natural, natural flow to be able to really be comfortable with what you can do, but also show what you can do. That's how I felt about Jordan Goodwin the last 10 games, maybe because he'll he'll play 19 minutes one night and then four the next night and then 16 minutes the next night and then eight the next night. And it seems like offensively, especially he's not been able to get into that same rhythm where it was like, Hey, Jordan, you're getting 25 minutes a night. Like let's, you know, like he, he seems like he's expecting the leash anytime he misses a shot or makes a mistake. And, um, and it also makes you press. It makes right, you exactly. press to press to, to get as many shots as you like, Hey, I might only have three, four minutes out here. Right. I got, I, I got to give as many shots most. as possible. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just not a, you know, and that's how it is. You this this is, I mean, this is the NBA, so that mm-hmm. pressure is always there, and it's the proven ability is always there, and and the the little window of opportunity, the little crack of opportunity is sometimes is all you can get, and so you have it's just a situation, but that you know that's it's tough to be able to change that situation, but now that we're you know you know guys we're kind of toward the end of the season, guys are kind of relaxing, and there's more opportunity. This is now. For those guys who really haven't got a lot of time this season, mm-hmm. this is where you could display to the team. This is now them scouting you. Yep. Right? This mm-hmm. is now where you can maybe change a decision here or there from the organization. Yeah, if you play 25 minutes and all of a sudden you start cooking people, like, okay, maybe that factors into the planning for next year a little bit more. And uh, and there's some takeaways for the team. I. I always wrestle with this where like, I'm always like, yeah, give the young guys minutes, but also those guys like have to earn those minutes. You want them to still do the right things, but it's, it's like, but now they can play through a few mistakes, right? Like the leash isn't quite as quick. And, and that's, that's huge, especially for someone like Johnny Davis that looks a little tentative till still maybe timid at some points. Like, Hey man, like go make that crazy reverse layup. Like if you miss it, you're not getting yanked. So like now's the time to try it. And and we're right. starting to see a few more flashes here and there. He didn't make shots the other night, but 
looked less shy about taking them. I think even that's a win. Right. I mean, those players now have to understand that coach is only good as as his options. Yeah, right. <laughs> when your when your top options are deciding nope. not to play, it's in. The, hey, my turn. My turn. I can. I can. I don't. If I do make a mistake, I just keep playing. Mm-hmm. You know, even even uh, D Wright yeah. in that Denver game, mm-hmm. I saw a completely different player. Yeah, he played more freely. Played more open. Mm-hmm. Went downhill, attacked the basket. I saw his, I saw his bag. Right, I haven't exactly. seen in a while. Yeah, you know, you know agreed. Yeah, I haven't seen you know, much lately. And he's like, "Wow, I forgot it. I forgot he had all that." Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when. So that's how much opportunity can open up really quickly for these players. You know, not saying it's going to change their life, but it could change their. You know, like I say, the, the, the decision making factor of if they even here next year. Right. Other teams can be watching these minutes and be like, yeah. well, that's a guy I want to invest in or he fills a hole for us. And uh, that's equally as important. You mentioned the effort there, something you still want to see. Uh, one particular area I have not seen a ton of effort recently uh, has been uh, in three point defense specifically. And I cherry picked a couple of these statistics from Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington. Shout out Chase. He does a great job, but they're just... Uh, yeah, the the three-point line has been kind of their downfall here recently, especially that Nuggets game. The Nuggets shot the shit out of it. The Wizards didn't really make anything. Uh, over the course of the season, the Wizards are tied in sixth, uh, tied for sixth in three-pointers allowed, which is good. But they're 19th in opponents' three-point percentage at 36.6, which isn't uh, particularly as good. So, uh, But lately, it's just been like teams are going in and bombing away at them and uh you know they're they're shooting um like as a team the wizards themselves are are shooting well below their percentage for the course of the season and they're giving up a lot of threes it's just to me that's an effort thing if you've been pretty good defending the three-point line for the majority of the season and now all of a sudden like like teams are getting a lot more looks and a lot better looks. Um, is that them getting tired? Is it effort? Like, what what are you seeing from from that perspective? Well, so first of all, to me, it's surprising. If I know I can, it, in the last five games, I still had a shot to make the play in. Mm-hmm. To me, that closeout defense on the perimeter yeah. should have been a top priority. Should have been right. my number one as as I, if I want to make the playoffs. Exactly. Or or if I already mailed it in. Yep. To me, I mean, that has to be through the entire staff and the players, coaching mm-hmm. staff and the players. That And I didn't see it become a, more emphasis on that position, on that particular point of, hey, let's stop three-point shooters, let's close out. Yep. Now, in the in the uh, Sacramento game and in, in the Denver game, mm-hmm. it was a little bit tougher yeah. because you had – guys rolling you had Sabonis rolling with drawing mm-hmm. all the defense in right and then like you know everybody in Sacramento was firing it off I mean you had you had uh Fox Murray and yeah, Keegan Ma- Murray was bombing away <laughs> yeah Murray's bombing away and, and so and, and and then Sabonis sucking in the defense so you're getting scored on the inside and outside which makes it very tough to get back to that perimeter mm-hmm. you know um and then same thing with Denver yeah. You know, Jokic when you have everything so running through the big man, yeah. that makes I, – I I hate to say it, but sometimes I feel like with Denver, 
if some of those players played on other teams, they may not be as efficient scorers as they are now. They may not get all the looks they're getting. Yeah, he makes it so so easy for them. So when you have when you when you decide not to put an emphasis on closeouts because we still can make the we still could have made the play in, Mm. and you know you're going up against teams like Sac and Denver. I mean, what is it? What else is there? You, you you pretty much guaranteed to write a check that that your butt can't cash because you don't even you're not you're not making a you're not making the changes to 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 push to the next level or trying to be make an effort to to still continue the season. Mm. Yeah, I I totally agree. Over the last eleven games, they've allowed the highest three point percentage in the league at forty two point seven and the tenth most threes per game at thirteen and a half. Meanwhile, over that stretch, they're shooting the third lowest percentage, 34%, and averaging the second fewest threes made at 9.7. There was a stretch earlier in the year. If the Wizards made 15 threes, they were like 12 and one or something on the season. So like for this team, especially if if they're getting good open looks, like they're going to beat teams. And and that's just such a, you know, it's three is more than two, right? Like at the end of the day, the math is simple. If you give up that right. many more threes, it, it makes a three a point difference. league now. You can't you can't c- compete with threes and twos. Like you can't you can't match twos with threes. You know, and yeah. and and players who excuse me, I mean teams who have have an inside outside game. Mm-hmm. It's it's it makes it sense. it makes it hard. And you know, even with our big three. We're still not an inside-outside game. Porzingis don't go on the inside. So He's never closer than 15 feet so from the basket. We, we do nothing to pull any defenders. Yeah. You know? Um, would, would you post up any of the other? I mean, like, no. Porzingis not going to be a no. post-up guy. Would you ever post up Kuzma if he's got a smaller guy on him or, or any of those kind of pl- things? Like, it, can Gafford get any paint touches? Like, I can post up Kuzma. Yeah. I, if anyone, I would post up to Kuzma. I wouldn't post up Gafford. Okay. Um, he's too. He's too inconsistent. He's only to me. He only plays when he play. He only plays well against young young players, mm-hmm. right? When he play against experienced players, he don't show up. You know, he got too many antics for me. You know, and if he miss a shot, he fall out of bounds and never get back on defense, <laughs> which just drives me crazy. There's a lot but, of that this season. Yeah, <laughs> but um. Yeah, that's the only person you can post up is Kuzma. You really don't have an option to post up anybody else other than Kuzma, um, especially in the starting five. Mm-hmm. Um, Gafford doesn't create a sit create the 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 it's need for somebody attention. to have to double down on right. him, right. or or so if he rolls, you're just gonna let him roll. Yep. One person, you know, or, or and the problem is when we are setting screens, no one's rolling down trying to draw defense in, right? right? So they just and and teams know that, and that's our offense. A lot of top top screen like drag screens or top screens or rolls, you know, uh, up top, and then you know that's really mostly it. If we do somehow get in the defense, then that's a, then you look for guys kicking out. It's always somebody coming out. But other than that, it's just a. You know, first half is a two-man screen and roll with Porzingis and Brad. You know that. Second half, it's more of a, you know, freestyle game. Kuzma probably gets loose a little bit in second half, right? Uh, Brad kind of tries to 
runs off a lot of screens, but it's always just at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just too predictable. So that's one thing I think all fans are kind of clamoring for. It's just like something like different offensively. At this point, we've seen two years of basically them running the same things and um, middling results. It's not like they don't have offensively skilled personnel and you're getting killed from a three-point perspective, but you don't really do much to create looks for your better three-point shooters. Like Morris is a capable enough three-point shooter if they could get him a few more looks. Kispert is a capable enough three-point shooter if they could get him a few more looks. Like they don't have a ton of shooting on this roster. How, Matt? How? I, I, that's that's what they got. That's what they got to figure out. I mean, what would you do? Uh, I I would to me I would not have built this roster this way in the first place. Um, but it's it's uh, the lack of a point guard that's going to create any looks for anybody with this particular group. I would try to run a ton more and just like they play at an, a glacial pace compared to the rest of the league. And I, I don't understand that. If you don't have anybody, you get that, the ball out. Right. If you can't manufacture offense in the half court, I would fucking run on everything. Like I, I just and and he's worried about it. He keeps saying because it, it hurts them defensively. Well, you're not good defensively anyway. So maybe at least if you score 10 points more game because you ran, you'd have a better shot. I don't know. I mean, something just like Philly. Just how many times Philly gets quick to have somebody run out and quick pass mm-hmm. down. Well, now we don't have to set up. No one really has to even play. Let's take that off that opportunity first. Yep. As soon as the ball goes through, somebody blow out and we get down the foot court before the defense sets up. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's soon as soon as it gets out, let's, let's do a dry screen with either Porzingis and Brad or, 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 um, or um, Gafford and Brad right away. Right. So now we can free up something. Two guys fill the lanes really fast. Right. Um, it's so many things that we could do to just create a little bit of opportunity to get more, you know, light up the scoreboard a little more without less work. You know, let's run. I know he's older, you know, now, but let's let's run him off a lot of brush screens. You know, you don't never really see him running any any baseline screens, Never. brush screens at all. We don't that's you know, that's none of that is incorporated. And they did that for him a lot early in his career. Maybe it's a different coaching staff, but you don't see. And it was effective, right? I agree. Right, um, Porzingis, you gotta, you gotta roll. Yeah, you gotta roll hard. At least draw the defense, right? Let's let's set up some certain things that that kind of, you know, maybe even if you don't get the ball, if you're rolling hard and you get it the first three times, now. You know, we could set up something where we can set up a situation where we can draw the draw the players in. Now, what you like, what you were talking about, then we can get the threes. We have no no opportunity or offense to create anything so those three point shooters can be open. Look at Denver. Yeah, they they open all day. Mm -hmm. Three point shooters open all day, no matter if they play against us or anyone else. You those three point shooters getting their numbers. Same thing with Sack. Yeah, that Porzingis is not the passer that Jokic is, and probably not even that Sabonis is. But he's as far as seven foot two guys, he's one of the better like big big dudes in the league. I think you could even run some stuff off of him in the high post, like just just something like he'll make the right read. He's not going to throw any like you know he's gonna, not going to like bounce it behind the back off the backboard right. to somebody like Jokic is, but. He'll do. He'll make the right basketball play, and they run almost nothing off of him. 
We have to. It creates more. It opens up much more. Yeah. If he's only shooting threes and playing on the perimeter, then we have three perimeter scores. Right. You can't be pick and pop on every. You got to be pick and roll at some point, or, or got to be roll. We got to be roll, but it got to have be somebody they can they can respect to have to defend the role. Yeah. You know that's the problem is we're not worried about anyone rolling on our team. Yeah. It's again I, I mentioned the roster construction that was kind of a joke, but the the one thing looking at this group I think they could do is you have several guys that have like grab and go potential. You don't have to find a point guard on this team every time. If Kuzma gets the ball, I feel comfortable with him initiating the fast break. If Denny gets the ball, I feel reasonably comfortable with him initiating the fast break. Like Porzingis is going to run as as well down the court as any of these other bigs that are guarding him. Like I I would just I would push everything. I would try to be the fastest team in the league the last 10 games. Like Goodwin is well, a hard. Are we, oh, I don't think we're that. I don't think we're we have that type of. We're not built athletically that way. They, they don't have the same finishing, but you've got enough shooting that if you ran and you pressed, then you'd be getting better. Open yeah, but we're shots. not fast. How we're not a very fast team. Uh, I mean, well, you don't I mean, you don't have a Trey Young that can penetrate that can get in the teeth of defense every day. You, do you don't have, have a spider that can get in the teeth of the defense anytime he wants to, right? We need somebody like that, mm-hmm. right? So just like we're saying, we have to penetrate and pitch. Sure. We have to draw in. We we have to draw in the defense some way to the. I'm, I'm talking about before they they can even get set. Like just, uh, yeah, but we're not we're not a very fast team athletically. To me, outside of. I'd let good. I'd let Goodwin attack. I'd let Beal yeah. attack more. I'd let. Yeah. I mean, but then you got to get more. Then you got to give give Goodwin more opportunity. You got to believe in him more first. I I wholeheartedly agree. I think when when he played more, uh, he was a tough matchup for these other teams because he actually did push and and he is such a good rebounder for his size. That right. That allows you to just start the break immediately. You're not you know not holding the Gafford's not holding the ball and looking for Delon Wright to slowly dribble the ball up the court every time like. To me, that's just not not modern basketball, the way all these other teams we're playing against are playing. And it seems like the Wizards have to work so much harder for an easy basket, especially to close these games. I think that's why they get stagnant in like the final five minutes because it's like, okay, well, we don't run on anything. We don't create any open looks. So Brad Iso again. Brad Iso, Kuzma Iso. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you can break the whole thing down. Brad Iso, Kuzma Iso. Mm-hmm. Um KP pick KP, and pop, maybe. Pick and pop. Yeah. Like KP and Brad game. And that's it. That was that's what every team has to stop. That's the scout report. Yeah. Right. If Kisper gets off, let him get off. Yeah. But now he and per, to me, he's pretty much one of the fastest guys on the team. He's another one. I mean, he he runs the floor a lot better yeah, he than he gets credit floor, for. So he, he finds open spaces. He cuts well. Right. Like those are the kinds of guys I would want on the court to run with. But um I don't know. It, it, it's just a little confounding to me that they talk every year, every single offseason since he's been general manager. Tommy Shepard has talked about adding more athletic wings and more shooting. And every year they don't add particularly athletic guys. And every year they're like in the bottom five in, in most major shooting statistics you would care about. That's so because you don't, you, you, it's a, if, if it's a three point lead, right? Mm hmm. Either you're going to have to have a lot of motion going on. 
And most great shooting teams run everything to the inside out. Even if the inside got those. So even like a a Draymond Green, you'd never have to respect his scoring. Mm -hmm. But everything is ran through him. Right. They run off of him. They like, you know, he's going to find you out of the interior if he does get the ball. Right. So if we we running everything outside of the perimeter. Yeah. It came a lot easier to defend all, all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. And we, I, and I think we have great shooters. I think our our team has very very good shooters. I mean, I think they've, they're better to, than their the percentages. Yeah, I think they're better than their percentages. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, like if if you looked at, the, I'm this is obviously silly because it's not how the NBA works. But if you swap, I don't know, if you put Jokic on this team, every one of these per- guys' percentages go up. You know, three, four, five percent. I mean, that obviously that goes without saying, but it's. They're capable guys. If if Kispert, Kispert is never a guy that's going to like put the ball on the floor and manufacture offense for himself. But if you got him a few more open looks a game, he's going to make enough percentage of them to make teams pay. But he's not scalable on his own. So like that would be the offseason priority to me is, okay, Monte is fine. DeLon's fine. Can, can Jordan Goodwin give you enough of what DeLon Wright gives you? And can you find a way to consolidate Monte and DeLon Wright's contracts for like an upgrade at point guard? Someone that is actually going to create advantages for the rest of your team. I don't think they have that uh, no. that player. No, because we don't have enough guy. Right. Yeah, right. It's a difference between running the offense efficiently. Yeah. And create makes making creating plays. Yeah you know, yourself, just creating movement and action yourself mm-hmm. until we can guarantee be getting the teeth of the defense. You know, we got to touch it. We got to touch the paint. Yeah. That Monte, but, you know. Monte just doesn't do that. And it's great that he's, that's why he was a great backup. It's why he was great in Denver. Cause he was low turnover, you know, high efficiency, but he didn't have to be the guy to manufacture good shots for people. He just had to knock down his and not not screw up bringing the ball up. And then Jokic did the rest. Like him here as a starting point guard, it's just not a great personnel fit. It's not a knock on him as a player. It's just no. it's just not what he brings. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and that's 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 the new age of basketball now. Yeah. That's basketball now. That's what it is. Drive it's a kick a to people. Game. Yeah. So now we got to create some a reason, a way for the perimeter, our perimeter defense to not be there, right? Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, <laughs> some of the great players do it. I mean, just, I mean, not to go to NCAA basketball right now, but we just saw that. We just saw so a player just yeah. that could create all of that. Yeah, you Marquise know that, Noel for Kansas yeah, State. If anyone has not New been York watching, New Yorker, tournament. you know, yeah. I'm like. And, and and I hate to watch NCAA basketball and think about NBA, but all I can say is, man, the Wizards need a player like that. Yeah, just somebody dynamic, right? I mean, like that. As good as Brad is, I still think he is best as an off the ball. Ooh. You know, like it's he's not he's not the guy you want to throw the ball to and clear out for, and you know, it's just just not his skill set. And again, not a knock. It's just. That you got to put guys in position to be successful, and I don't think that we've built a roster that allows these guys need, to be the most we successful. A, we need a very, a dominant, very quick point guard who can create. When all else fails and everything, coach calls a play, and he's like, "Nope, that's not working. I'm gonna create something. Let's go." 
that was the one thing that I I was not huge on the Russell Westbrook Wizards experiment overall, but the guy got to the rim, created rim pressure, and would throw it out to wide open people. Like it, it's just we're making this tougher than it needs to be. You 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 know you don't need a like a wizard like John Wall that's throwing like you know cross court diagonal length of the court left handed uh, bounce passes to people. You know, like it just doesn't have to be that hard, but somebody that can get to the rim and throw it out to someone if they need to, if they can't finish, you got to be a threat to get to the rim. You got to get, create rim pressure, getting it, getting the paint, right? That's, that's, that's everything. That's, that's all that matters in this league now. Right. And that's why though the teams with the big, with the bigs Mm -hmm. that create a lot of rim pressure that you have to respect, get a big like that now. Yeah. That could also pass the ball, could see, you know, see it around his head. That was the toughest team to have. It, Tough team to defend. It's easier said than done. But even like somebody like a Tyrese Maxey as not like an amazing point guard, but he creates easy looks for Embiid and Harden too, just by being a guy that like if you give him a seam, he's gonna find it and get to the rim on somebody and and that makes their lives easier. So it doesn't have to be your number one guy, like, but it's gotta be somebody that's a high enough usage that teams have to respect. And I don't know how you find that person, but if I had a, let's say I'm the Wizards and I now look like I'll have a top seven draft pick, that that's the main thing I'm trying to identify. And I'm not saying reach for that skill set. Somebody's going to tweet me best player available, blah, blah, blah. But this is a draft where there are a lot of guys that one, have some size, two, have some athleticism, and three, can create those types of advantages for you. Anthony Black, the kid from Arkansas, he will get to the rim and he will kick it back out to people. And he's right. big. Uh, Amon Thompson from Overtime Elite, he's like maybe not a pure point guard, let's say, but he's so springy. His first step is so uh, is so quick for somebody his size or his height, at least, because um, he weighs like 112 pounds. But like you got to respect him getting to the rim and he'll find open dudes. Like Those guys also... You don't have to create a lot of plays for. You don't have to right. run a lot of right. sets, right? Yeah. If, if I know, Make so the thing. If first of all, we need someone to rebound. That would be nice, right? Yeah. So we need we need to limit a team to to yeah. one shot only, right? They yeah. too many second second shot opportunities for other teams. Mm-hmm. But if we can get somebody to rebound, right off the set, throw it to the point. He takes off, yeah. and now everybody just fills lanes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Player like that, you don't. Once you get one, it's just one player, and you learn how to play around that one player. Yep. It's no sets you really need to run. It's also hard to defend, mm-hmm. right? But you can't. You oh, can't only team, team. Only thing a team can yeah. say is this: Let's keep one guy back. Yeah. Right, but it's hard to defend. You know, when I play, not to go back to college, when I played with Allen Iverson, coach threw everything out the <laughs> out the window, yep. and every player knew is I just better run with him. I, if I want to go anywhere in this game, I better run with Allen Iverson, and I better be the first person he sees when he gets down court. Yeah. Right? Because that was our offense. Yeah. It cha- Nothing changes. Was Rod like that here in D.C.? Rod, Rod was more two-way, both ways. Mm-hmm. Right? Rod – Rod was a lot of that, but also he was a lot of just let's set it up, let's run it. Sure. You know, he was also a floor general. Rod yeah. was every aspect. Yeah. You know, and you just had to learn. I was kind of young, but you had to learn how to play with Rod. Mm-hmm. And just the the system where 
Rod liked his system his way, and it was more old school basketball. Okay, but if we had a system like most teams have Run today, now. yeah, he could do oh, that. We would yeah. kill. It was just a, <laughs> it was the system that was implemented. I got you. That you know, and that's how I learned, that's how Rod liked it. Yeah, makes sense. I, I think just what we've been talking about is why again, same name, Anthony Black for Arkansas is like in that window for the Wizards. The name I've kind of like zeroed in on for what this team most needs because he's also big enough and a decent enough rebounder to get the ball himself. And now you're really off. Like that outlet pass to a point guard, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it would slow you down that much with a stopwatch. But if that player himself gets the ball and now can just go, and all you have to think about around him is just fill in lanes, like I think that just that second or two makes such a huge difference right now. It does. It does. I mean just with his talent and, and just how he goes and he's not, and he has some size on him. Yeah. It's, it's right? a big advantage so, for a small, can, small, and smaller and team. You can really see the court. He's a very, he, he can see around him, you know, he's very, you know, he can see. So mm-hmm. what helps, which that's all we need, you know, and then what happens is players see how he plays. If he's very dominant with the ball, when, especially every time you go down the court, he has the most time. Players learn to play with players. I'm learning Anthony Black. Yeah. Right. I'm learning if he does this, I'm cutting this. Uh, right. We, and just now we're just playing off of each other. Mm-hmm. Right. More movement, more motion. We're playing off of each other. I, I don't know. What, I mean, uh, to me, I don't know what got, what that guy knew if he even goes out this year, if he even enters the draft this year. Probably not. Um, I would. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's I not gonna have a better run than this. Yeah. If 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 we get a new, if I'm just saying, if it, we get a Mar- a Marquise new, yeah. it changes the trajectory of things majorly. I I did hear that they list him at five nine, and I heard somebody say that like five six five seven is probably I more. Accurate. No, I I get you. I mean, but, how tall is Trey Young? Uh, Trey Young is an easy six feet tall. Um. He, he's bigger than he looks. And and I honestly thought Trey was smaller than he listed was listed, but he walked by me in the tunnel uh, a couple months ago. And I mean, pretty close to me in the tunnel. I'm exactly six feet tall. And he, he looked bigger than me. Maybe some of that's the hair. I don't know. That but. height would affect him. Just, but it's obviously it has give him a two way contract and, and let him try it out. See if it I'll works. Try it. I, I, man, I, I'd be the first one trying to get him on a, in the low, you know, low deal. I don't yeah. think he's gonna go as low as we think he will if he gets out. Yeah. You know, because I mean, once you see guys like a Trey Young, anybody who can penetrate and create, that's just that's priceless. I, I yeah, I'm with it. It just seems like a an under available skill set too. There aren't a ton of guys that that can kind of like that you have to chase around like that. I mean, that right. that's that's a lot of work for a defense. Uh, just switching gears here a little bit. Uh, the next game is obviously Friday night. If you're listening to this on Friday, uh, they'll be playing the Spurs. Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma are both out. Uh, they play the Raptors on Sunday, the Celtics on Tuesday, and the Magic on Friday. I will be at both Spurs and Magic games, so <laughs> I'm going to feel awkward, but I'll be rooting for them to lose, unfortunately. So uh, that's that's like eight games left for Bradley Beal. As he nears the franchise scoring record, he's like 160 points shy right now. He's trailing Elvin Hayes. That just means if he plays those eight games, he has to average about 20 points a game. 
to me, that's very doable for him. I mean, obviously he averages in the twenties, so I, I can't see that being a problem, but uh, he's also third in overall games played for the Wizards. He's six short of 700. Uh, West Senior has 984. Elvin has 731. So he becomes an instant Wizards Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, he already is, but like you lead the franchise in scoring and your third all time in games played. Uh, you have no doubt cemented your legacy as a Wizard at that point. It's important to me. It's, you know, it may be important to you. It's important to the fans. Yeah. We have to see how is how important it is to build the bread, right? <laughs> if it is, then we may be saying, "Hey, it may be it, him sitting out these games may be himself saving himself for the last few games to go for that record, right?" <laughs> so, uh, to me. I would think it would be important to him, and it would be something to play for. You know, when if you got a, a season that ended like this and everything kind of turned out like it turns out, mm-hmm. it to me that okay, that would be a high a personal highlight for me, for my, you know, for me, a benchmark for myself. It'd and, be know, something to, for the organization to tout too. You know, uh, it could be. I think it's more for Brad. Sure, right. They love I mean, hanging at banners. The end of the day, how much of the fans going? You going to applaud that, and then you gonna be like, hey. We still need a lot of players. We still right. this record, right? So I think it's more for Brad, but I think it's a great achievement. Now, also, he can say I can go for this, or I had a long season and my body feels this way. It all depends on how he he knows how his body feels because to go for that record, you know, you're really going. It's going to take some work, but I mean that's. He's not, it wouldn't be anything he doesn't do on an every night basis anyway. Right. And, and you could play him around the rest of these young guys and still continue with your soft tank here. Brad getting 30 a game doesn't prevent you from still getting losses. If you're playing him next to the right people. I mean, just, it doesn't have to be counterproductive, I guess is what I'm saying. If you do it the right way. It's gotta be realistic. When Brad did play a lot, we, we still came up with <laughs> some, w's. Anyway. Yeah, some, right. uh, some W's. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't. I hope they wouldn't try to sit him and not let him play. Yeah. For that particular reason, I can't no, imagine that they would do that to Brad, just given the the importance they've placed with exactly. him as an organization. Exactly. So I hope not. But I think um, if I was Brad, I would go for it. Yeah. It. With the season being like it is and me, me playing this long, you know, with this team and with the outcome, I, you know, this season, that could be a, a personal highlight for me. Mm-hmm. You know? I, th- I think if you're Brad and you break the one record and you put yourself in third and the other one. And let's say this offseason, Porzingis does decide to leave. Kuzma does price himself out of the conversation and you're Brad and you're looking at this roster and things are really lean. If I'm like, well, I already like lead the franchise in scoring. I'm already a first ballot Wizards Hall of Famer here. My jersey will go in the rafters. Maybe this is the time for me to move on. Like, I, I do wonder about if that enters the equation, if they don't have the offseason that they think they're going to have. I mean, Brad did everything he he could do here at, at the Wizards. You know, and if he stays, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. One thing Brad knows is if he goes to another team, it's going to be more role player, right? He's not. He's not the guy. Yeah. He won't be the guy. He's going to be more. He's going to be more of a role player. But 
after so many years in the league, you want to start taking some of that impact off your body yeah. and still be effective. He's led the league in minutes a couple seasons at least. and I mean, Right. So tough. it w- probably wouldn't be a, a bad it wouldn't be a bad look for him if he decides to, but you know, also, Hey, this, he's been very loyal to the wizards and they've been loyal to him and you can't, you can't fault him for, for that or for his sticking around. You know, he's, I agree. He, he built DC is his second, second home. There's his home now, you know, his kids go to school here, you know, do he want to change up something that's been so comfortable and good to him? You know, it's, they're not going to, I mean, the city loves them, you know. So, you know, that's a tough, that's a tough decision to make, you know. But if that's the case, he has to know. Okay, next year, I'm going to have to even bring more impact than I did last year. I'm have to put more minutes on my body, more, more out, you know. And that's that's going to catch up to him after a while. So, you know, that's some heavy decisions to make. Now with Kuzma, I don't understand why he's sitting out if he's really trying to really convince the wizards to I, I I got a feeling that the leverage is already there for him like they didn't trade him at the deadline when they could have recouped some value he's not going to cost so much that teams can't just sign him outright in free agency so he'll have other options to me if I'm the wizards and I'm Tommy Shepard it is a terrible look for me if I don't swap him for some value at the deadline and then I that I don't I don't shell out to keep him uh, I'm not saying I would overpay, but I think they're going to make every effort to match any reasonable offer another team gives him. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Do you think they should? Uh, I I have been more pro Kuzma than I think the average person, just because I think the power forward position, I think what she should be better as a power forward, is so important in today's NBA because you need somebody switchable enough to guard all these things. I think the versatility he offers outweighs some of the efficiency questions. And there's a lot of this like, oh, he's been bad for half the season thing, which just isn't an accurate narrative. I, again, I stole this same stat from Chase, but uh, in the last 93 games, which is a pretty big sample size, he's averaged 21 points, 7.7 rebounds, four assists, 45% from the field and 34% from two. And from a defensive analytics standpoint, He's probably their best defender. Uh, and I know everybody likes to talk about DeLon and and Denny and what KP's done defensively. But um, again, just from a metric standpoint, Kuzma is at the very least one of their better defenders. Players shoot worse against him. When you hear people do interviews from other teams, they talk about how much Kuzma's length really bothered them. Even when the stats don't bear that out, those guys still talk about that. They've put him on Dame Lillard, Anthony, Anthony Simons, Trey Young a bunch. Like, the fact that they ask so much of him, I think, is a really hard thing for a team to replace. So to me, uh, I don't know what the, the the cap number is, you know, if it's 30 million, if it's 26 million or or what what I would say is here's the point I won't go above. But uh, I, I do think he brings a lot of value to them that they would have a hard time replicating elsewhere. Yeah, so I do. So that's with my question, with your answer, I do agree with you. Um, why my reason for really agreeing with you more, that's more impressive than anything that I don't know if a lot of people see, but I think people see it is Kuzma created his numbers and his stats without ever being incorporated yeah, by himself. Yeah. Everything he did was by, by himself. Yeah. 
So if they say, wow, he did this with everything going against him. Right. Right. Now, if we incorporate him next year, that point guard would go a long hand. way. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you he find a way to get an offense at all, at, at all. And, and that's to me, you're asking the biggest guy on the court half the time when Porzingis isn't out there to be your point guard. Sometimes your scoring guard and defensively, he's your point of attack defender for a guy that hasn't played that role at, at this volume at any point in his career. It's, it's a lot of extra, uh, a lot of extra running. He does like he leads the team in distance run on the court. Like the dude is doing a lot of stuff. Now imagine what the efficiency would look like if you had someone create a few easy looks for him every game. Right. It's like, oh, well, he's got to get downhill more and play 6'10". I agree, but they don't respect any of the other shooters on the Wizards. He's got to do that shit by himself. So every team knows what he's got to do. He's going to try to go right, or he's going to take some step back or dribble a bunch of times and shoot a fadeaway. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I mean, he makes a, a lot of tough shots, but let's get him an easy shot and then see how it looks. Right. Nothing, nothing he gets is easy. Ever, yeah. And nothing he gets is is an easy shot. So, to me alone, that that should be a reason to say, "Hey, man, he he created all this on his own with with the defense knowing what he's going to do, knowing that hey, we don't have to play on anybody, we don't have to double another player, mm-hmm. you know." So yeah, I mean, I I think it's I think it's the right decision. Anybody can look at the box score and say, oh, he was he shot 34% from the field this game. Like, that's really tough. But your spreadsheet doesn't watch the game. Like, you have to, to understand the context of the team and what certain guys play with and around and other guys don't. And I, I think he provides more value to some of these other guys than than he gets credit for. Uh, again, it's it, I'm not absolving him of, hey, a lot of times he does take some terrible shots. There, there aren't yes. a ton of other options, but like... There are times. What player, where... what player that, what player that's you know sh- shoots a lot, you know, top player that sometimes don't throw up a lot, some trash. Yeah, I mean, a few are going to happen. Like, I think part of it is like Brad has been really efficient offensively, and Kuzma or sorry, Porzingis is reasonably efficient offensively. So then you look at them next to Kuzma, and sometimes he looks worse, but they're also running two man game together and getting each other easy looks. So it, again, it goes back to what he's asked to do and what happens around him as well. Coming down the stretch is, is you can see a lot of players individually mm-hmm. more than as a, as a, you know, as a system of, as a core. Sure. You, I'm, I'm impressed when everything is led when, when Porzingis don't have Brad, or doesn't have Kuzma out there. Mm-hmm. And when he puts it on his shoulders, Yep. All that he can do. Yeah. Right? When he's yeah. the man, all that he can create, all that he can do. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and even then with this, his first halves and his first quarters and, you know, that he's putting up, we still need to kind of split some of that, st- that, that, sh- that scoring equally. Yeah. A lot more. Yeah. Right? Because – if we split that scoring equally, if some if if Brad doesn't have to get thirty at night, if it wasn't okay, first quarter is Porzingis's quarter, fourth quarter is Brad's quarter. If it was an integrated, free flowing offense, yeah. where all of them are a threat at any point during the game, 
now watch out. Uh, I, I don't know that this coaching staff seems to have the creative plan in place thus far to do that. And maybe if I'm adjusting the staff in the offseason, I'm looking for somebody that that can be your dynamic offensive coordinator type or or find some way to to do the things we're talking about here. Right. Right. Yeah. If you incorporate Kuzma more into the offense, if you split some of that scoring up equally more between Brad and Porzingis, Mm -hmm. now you have those outside players, you know, the the Kispers and the the, the Denny's and, you know, we need a big, we need a big, but we need a fishing big, but now you can play more. They can play more freely, right? They can play more freely, right? So, because after a while, you're like, well, we don't really have to defend defend Kuzma too. I mean, uh, defend Porzingis too much fourth quarter at the end of the game, right? Just let's stop Brad. Mm-hmm. If, like, if, like you said, we can spread that out that that scoring out equally and 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 incorporate more instead of just being like you know one person game at the, in the fourth quarter. We we would have been in a play. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I'm not saying a point guard fixes everything. I'm not saying that this is n- none of this is Kuzma's fault when he takes like a a grenade three with 18 seconds left on the shot clock when he doesn't need to. Like there are so many things that they could do better and refine and would be helped with some minimal changes and tweaks that they could do this roster that I think would give them a big boost in the standings next year. Like. The margins aren't that big in the NBA in terms of what's a good offense and what's a bad one or what's a good defense and what's a bad one. If you can squeeze a couple extra percentage out of the group you have by by guys being better fits, by being better incorporated, by being better coached, honestly, in my opinion, um, I think those things add up and they have like exponential um, impact. So I don't know. That's where I'm yeah, at. But it's like you said, it's the small things to, yeah. just to get the little bit, squeeze a little bit more out of out of being efficient scoring it's making making it easier to score mm-hmm. what do most teams do as soon as the ball goes through the net let's get out somebody blow out we run we throw it out now that's something now we don't have to set up mm-hmm. quick two points so we can get that done at least five times a game it'd be huge right see it's simple things like that if we get the rebound go just penetrate down we fill the lanes quick layups okay now we don't have to set up right mm-hmm. so now when it all comes down to if we have to play a half court game, our percentages aren't so skewed. Yep. And then also, then that makes you look like a great coach. <laughs> because you're a genius officer. No sudden. matter what you, no matter what plays you're running, yep. we don't we don't take advantage of all the little other small opportunities that we can have to score. I don't want this to turn into like a me ragging on Monte Morris kind of thing. I d- I just don't think he's the right fit to be the starting point guard here. But like, and I th- I think Jordan Goodwin is maybe not as good a shooter as we saw him be for that sample size, just having seen him enough. But for me, like if you swap even those two, uh, yeah, Monte is a great assist to turnover ratio, all those things. But you get beat on the perimeter a lot because of him. And he doesn't create a ton of looks for other people. So he might like Goodwin might be less efficient than someone like Monte or less of a threat to shoot, but he's going to push the pace more. He's going to get you a couple free extra looks. He's going to drive and throw some lobs to Gafford. He's not going to give up wide open threes. And 
And to me, like Jordan Goodwin is probably not a 30 minute a game starting point guard in the NBA long term either. Not that he can't grow into that, but just saying what he is now, like I'm just saying in terms of like player archetype here, like that makes such a big difference to me. We've talked about the stretch teams. And make, as he get comfortable. Right, exactly. He could get, he'll grow, right? He's a young guy and uh, he'll play more minutes next to the big three here. Like, but that four point swing or delta between what other teams shoot three part in terms of threes that other teams make versus us, they make four more threes than we do. If Goodwin gives up two less and creates two more, now all of a sudden we've swung that dynamic. And at least if you're even with these teams, we're an efficient enough two point scoring team. They're like, now we're back on like a level playing field with people. And does that win you four, five, six, seven extra games a year? You know, now all of a sudden you're seven, eight seed. It's it's a different story. Even those kinds of minimal tweaks to me make a big difference. And if you bring Monte off the bench, okay, great. It, it, it's just about like role maximization to me. True. But I I think it was too late when they yeah. decided to sign good, you know, good winners. Yeah, uh, sure. So it was too late to now say, let's try switching things up. Let's try mm-hmm. some new stuff. But I going into be, next year. Next year, I think that could be a very good, good, um, something that to look at. Definitely. You know, like I said, he's fast. He can get down, he can rebounds. He's much quicker. He sees things. He can create, get in the paint. Um, v- much better defender. That's definitely something you, that they really need to look at next year. That could be a good opportunity for for him and for them. It's just got to be somebody that helps maximize these other guys better. And and whether that's, I don't know, maybe that's too much to pay for Monte to come off the bench for this team and DeLon Wright is a sufficient enough backup or, or whatever, but a, a, a point guard that fits more with the other personnel you have in the starting lineup would be my number one offseason priority, whether that's in the draft, whether that's through, through trade, free agency, whatever it is, I'd be looking at an upgrade in terms of fit there. That, that, that's my like number one offseason wish list thing for them. Yeah, that's a good wish. That's a good wish list. Just to close us out here, the other couple things on the Kuzma front, uh, did an interview with um, Chase that I mentioned earlier, and he said he's enjoyed playing in Washington, enjoys living here. Good geographic location is important for him in terms of prioritizing where what he does in the offseason. From here, he can get to see family in Michigan, to Miami where he has a house. He can see his uh, lady friend living in New York. Like Things like that are are important to him. So DC is, a cent- is it's central. It's low-key and chill. I love where I live. People aren't really bothering me too much. It's an easy pace of life out here. It's nice. But he also said, I have the opportunity to go through that free agency process, go through team pitches and go through the back end of being a free agent and learning and getting to know different people. At the end of the day in this league, people move all the time, whether it's coaches, GMs, players, staff, or an office people, you may end up at a new place and you never know who you're going to cross paths with. Everything is energy. I don't read anything into these quotes personally. To me, it's it's leverage. If I'm his you know, if I'm his uh, his agent, I'm telling him, don't say you love DC and you never want to leave. Like that's bad from a contract negotiation standpoint. So you got to throw in there at least a, hey, I like it here, but I could also like it somewhere else too. I mean, the, oh, he's saying he's saying I love DC and yeah. I don't want to leave. Right, but I will leave. That's right. If you don't pay me, I'm going to go wherever I have. That's to. what that's what he's saying. He's like, hey, I, I love DC. I don't want to leave. 
guys, come on, bring the bag to the table. Right. You, because you make this everything happen. is centralized. You know, it's a quick shot. To everything is very centralized for me, for, for my lifestyle, for what, yep. for my world. But the the free agency, you know, jumping out there, free agency and testing the market, it's not going to kill me. Is Charlotte really that much worse from a central location perspective if they're going to give me 35 million as opposed to 27? Yes. Right. You know? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Believe me. Yes. Charlotte. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, I guarantee you that's the last play. That, that's not where he wants to be. No, of, of anyone in the league, I think Kuzma is probably least suited to end up a, a Charlotte Hornet. Yeah, I think. Absolutely. Uh, that's fine. Um, yeah, play the young guys. I don't know. Johnny, that's pretty much all I got on the Wizards at this point. Play the young guys as many minutes as their bodies can handle down the stretch here. That's all I'm looking for. Make assessments. Make as many assessments as you can. Many notes as you can. Right now, this is look, this would be my opportunity to say, hey, let's get the whole scouting team out here and let's make some assessments, let's make some decisions, and then by, you know, once we come back to the drawing table and got to do our due diligence, you know, we'll have a, we'll have a lot of information. Sometimes you don't know what you have. Yeah. Now, the coaching staff usually know what they have. You would hope at this point. Yeah. You know, but. But GM may not. He's not he, seeing every practice. He may practice. not really know what he has. Right. And sometimes GM will tell you what you have instead of you be like, yeah, no, nah, that guy down, the, the number, number 11 on the bench. He really a beast. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? right. They're, they're probably paying attention more to the, your end of the bench guys than you are at a certain point, right? Exactly. Uh, last thing here, just to switch gears, uh, some local relevance, some some personal relevance for you. Uh, Georgetown basketball uh, decided to move on from Patrick Ewing and has hired Providence, former Providence head coach, Ed Cooley. I guess first things first, what do you think of the hire? Well, you know, Patrick's my guy, very close friend. And, I, you know, it was bittersweet to see how that happened, you know. Um, but, you know, I know Patrick, you know, how he is and his basketball knowledge and he'll land on his feet. Ed, I always liked Ed. Even when I even when I played, I liked Ed. You know, he's uh, he has a lot of history, history, you know, in, the, in this game. And as far as um, – just him in Providence alone, you know, he really brought Providence name back. Providence was pretty much like, hate to say it, but pretty much like a like how Georgetown is now. Yeah, he fixed that. I mean, he right, re- and he, he brought him back to relevance. Time. Yeah, and he brought him back to relevance. And and I, first of all, before anything, you know, we want to bring Georgetown back to re- relevance because it's, I mean, it's a history. It's, just the history and the, the, the dynasty and the what Georgetown meant to the city of D.C. Not only D.C. to 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 the whole, you know, to the U.S. Man, Georgetown was one of the biggest names in college basketball at one point. You know, Georgetown merchandise probably sold more in, in college basketball than any other yeah. record sales in any other basketball school in history, any they other college cool. in history. It was just cool, right? I mean, like. Right, it was cool. Even if you didn't know what Georgetown, <laughs> really, before I even watched the Georgetown game when I was young, before I went there, I had three Georgetown sweatshirts. <laughs> One ripped on the bulldog face, uh-huh. and I made my mother sew it up. And I'm yeah. not going to, right? Yeah. So, 
just the relevancy, you know, just the just the relevancy would would, would be we need to get that back because it's yeah. it's 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 historic. It's historic, and it's in the culture of just basketball alone. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I definitely think Ed would bring that back. Number one. Yeah, same. You know, now once he brings that back, we, you know, there's going to be some expectation, you know, just like any other school, you know, they just have to see him in a, we, we want to win, you know, like everything is going to win. But I like Ed. I like his, his style of play. I like how he doesn't need super superstars yep. for his offense. He, he, to me, he recruits like uh, Big John did. He he wants hard nosed players. He'd rather have a, a player to dive, you know, to dive out out of bounds and knock over the Gatorade cooler just to save a ball. Right. Right. Yeah. And so and he can he can create from there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I, I I personally really, really and I knew a lot of guys who they were looking at as far as like the the, the opportunities they were. Sure. And I knew he was one of them, but they were looking at other candidates. Me personally, I, I wanted him to be the one they picked. Yeah, I'm with you. I, like a, a Micah Shrewsbury, amazing coach, did a lot of Penn State. But I don't think he brings like the cool factor the same way Ed Cooley does. Not, right. not to make a name pun there, but like he just seems like he kind of – he's not a Georgetown guy. He's not a former Georgetown guy. But he has like that Big John vibe to him and just like exactly. – like, he like he's he's going to honor the legacy there. Like you said, tough, hard-nosed guys. Like. I think people forget, but like you, you know, like you were the, like one of the tail end of the John Thompson run, like tough as shit, big men. Like there were a lot of guys before you that like people don't want to mess with. Like you don't want to F, F with Alonzo Mourning. Like it, that's, that's the brand of basketball. I think of with Georgetown, like you come through the lane, you might lose a tooth, you know, like, right. uh, I think Cooley guys will do that. And, and that's what you want from, from this program. It can't be like the rest of the DC vibe, you know, like we can't be. Capitol Hill vibes, like it's got to be like rough and tumble, and this is Georgetown basketball again. Like, I'm, and, he, that's and, what he, I want. and he understands the Big East. He's been in the yeah, Big East, yeah. right? So it's not like he's. I feel like he's a part of the Big East family. Yeah. Also, I feel bad for and the he, Providence he, fans. As as many as other other coaches and that that you know candidates that they were thinking about that mm-hmm. could have took the job. I feel like he was almost the closest one to to being an insider already. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, yeah. He, he makes he just makes so much sense for them. I, I think like of any fit, it, it's like maybe the best coach hire fit I've seen in a long time. And, and it would it would definitely be Big John approved. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and like the first thing he said was like doing big John proud. And I only knew the guy as an older man, but he, he still had like a certain just like swagger and cachet about him too. And I think like Ed Cooley got that. I did think it was a little weird. He brought in all the other coaches from all the other sports and kind of gave them a lecture on like what it means to be Georgetown. I thought that was a little bit of an interesting move, but um, Hey, you know, do your thing. If it worked for you at Providence and you can do it again here, I, I do think getting all the sports on the same page is is probably a, a good right. idea. And, uh, you know, I believe think- you me, um, the boosters and, you know, the sports operations, you know, athletic operations pretty much like I like that. Uh-huh. They, I don't know if that move was for more of us than it was for the school. 
Yeah. He's going to raise some money for people and stuff. Right. Uh, are, are you getting calls from uh, the, the, you know, the, the staff there already? Like, uh, Hey, uh, Jihadi, we need, we need you to come out. We need a presence. We could use a big donation <laughs> here. Been a lot of calls just going all around, man. It's just, it was a, when, when everything was going on, it was just, it was calls galore. Yeah. So, you know, and, uh, I plan on being there on the first to okay. go go see him and talk to him and just, nice. you know, which is good. I, I grew up a Maryland fan. I went to Maryland, but I always liked Georgetown. For me, there was never like a rivalry there because by then John and Garrett wouldn't play each other. So it didn't really. Yeah, I know. It didn't really matter, which I, I do hope they can get. Players back. wanted to play each other so bad. It yeah. was the rivalry was in the streets, right. you know, against the players. At the time, you had Steve Francis at one side. You had Allen Iverson. You had Joe Smith. You had, you know, you had uh, uh, Jerome Williams. You had, you know, me. You had X-Ray. I mean, all the. I mean, just the the rivalry was there. It was, it was more tension on the outside than it was, you know, in the in the basketball offices. I heard Kevin Willard and uh, Ed Cooley are good buddies, so maybe this is something they can rekindle. I would love to see that. I was at the last Georgetown-Maryland game, actually the last two, and they're just fun. And it's like the only time you'll see Capital One full for Georgetown games recently is when you get both fan bases in the same place. So, And I, I don't see Cooley dodging any smoke. Exactly. Yeah. Although, won. also, I don't see – he knows that we need – we really need to get that fan base back. So yep. it needs to be something big to bring that fan base back in the Maryland Georgetown game. That's good for recruiting for both teams too. I mean, and the entire city would be out. Absolutely. I I would definitely be getting tickets for that one. So I'm looking forward to that. I want to see Georgetown be good again. It was sad seeing like 500 people at a game this year. Honestly, like Patrick Ewing deserves better than that. Like the school yeah. deserves better than that. So, uh, I hope it works out for your sake and for local basketball sake, because DC is a better sports town, basketball town than it gets credit for. And I think that's absolutely that's a way to fix it. All right, partner. Uh, anything else here before we close it out? No, man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate covering all the topics we covered. It was it was a good one. Yeah, we uh, we got pretty deep on this one, too. So hopefully they're listening. Hopefully they're taking some notes. Maybe, uh, you know, the offseason plans. Tommy Shepard can incorporate a little of this for us. and. Next year's team will have a little bit more to look forward to. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, All right, everybody. You know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We appreciate your reviews. They mean a lot to us just to get feedback and all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're brought to you by betonline.ag. We will catch you next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube